Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Friday, October 20th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break it down for a Friday. Two games on the NHL slate tonight. We'll get to those in just a moment. First, we've got some programming uh, updates to give you here. Uh, obviously, tomorrow, huge show on Saturday, noon Eastern. That'll be going probably close to two hours, considering we have 15 games uh, on the uh, slate tomorrow. So it'll be a long show. It'll be a marathon. Tons of picks, tons of props. You name it. Um, lots of opportunities for the bargain bin, obviously, for tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to that big Saturday show. Sunday will be on at noon Eastern uh, as well. Monday, there is only one game uh, on the uh, slate, Montreal and Buffalo. So what we are going to do on our Monday show at 2 p.m. Eastern is we're going to talk Montreal-Buffalo, but we're also going to open it up to a Q&A session and field questions from those of you that are currently Ice Guys Family Plan members. Uh, and subscribers. So if you have a question you wish to ask me or, or Alex or both of us, uh, we will answer them on Monday's show after we talk Montreal-Buffalo, which is the only game uh, on Monday. Anything hockey-related, uh, betting-related, it can even just be general hockey questions. Yeah. You know, what was your uh, favorite team growing up or your favorite, you know, player growing up, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, all any question goes uh, as long as it's hockey-related. Uh, so make sure if you're a family plan member, uh, you must be one in order to ask a question for the Q&A uh, on Mon for Monday's show. So uh, there you go. That is what we'll do on the uh, Monday show after we uh, talk Montreal-Buffalo. We preview that game like we do every other game on this show. We will open it up to Q&A and looking forward to that on Monday. And yeah, like I said, with it being the, you know, we're doing a later start, of course, as well, three Eastern and with the one game. So we will take, you know, as many questions as we can. We'll try to keep it within about, what, 45 minutes for that episode. Any yeah. other questions that spill over, don't worry. If we don't get to them there, we might be doing that as part of some of the bonus content for the family plan as well. So this is something we're kind of uh, doing a test run and we want to just kind of show it to everybody, uh, to the free to the public on Monday since, it's, you know, I got to kill some time with only one game on the, on the board before we get to the marathon on Tuesday. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. And uh, so Monday is going to be a nice quick show, which is nice because Tuesday is going to be a very long day, but it'll be a fun day, but it'll be a very long day. I'll be feeling it after Tuesday when we do the noon show Eastern time on Tuesday and talk all 16 games and all 32 teams in action on Tuesday. And then we have our live betcast, our first uh, Ice Guys live betcast of the season for the special Tuesday night uh, slate starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I say, there are going to be staggered start times, 15, 30 minutes apart throughout the night. It's going to be fun. This is a great, at least experiment the NHL is doing. I wish they would do it more than just the one time this year, but apparently this is just a trial run and they want to see if this is something that they will be looking to do more often, uh, next year. Uh, but at least they're doing it once. And that, that much I'm happy about. So I'm looking forward. We're all looking forward to that. And not, not just yeah. the fact that it's a huge slate, all 32 teams playing, 16 games, um, and a great opportunity for a ton of live bets and opportunities with that. But we're looking forward to it as well because it's our first live bet cast of the season. We get to re-familiarize uh, ourselves with all of our viewers and listeners. And I'm sure we'll see a lot of our familiar voices and faces uh, appearing with us on the uh, BetCast on uh, Tuesday. And a thing to point out as well, it's a perk for being a Ice Guys Family Plan YouTube channel subscriber and member for just $9.99 US per month, is you guys that are Family Plan members, you're going to get dibs to be in on the BetCast first, first in line, if you will. Uh, you're going to get that first opportunity. So let's say you're not a Family Plan member, but you asked to be on the BetCast, can I want to join you, send the link. But then there's about eight or nine people on the uh, family plan in the family plan that ask, you know, to, for the link for the BetCast because they want to join the BetCast at some point. Well, they'll get the preferential treatment, the family plan members. So uh, make sure uh, you uh, join us on the uh, BetCast Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. I don't know how long it's going to go, but we're going to go for most of the night at the very least, at least through all the early games. Uh, and as long as the late games are you know, appealing and entertaining and engaging. We'll, we might even stay, we might do the whole shebang, if you will, 
uh, on Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern all the way to 1 a.m. Eastern when that last game with Philly and Vegas wraps up. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. But it's going to be fun Tuesday night. Looking forward to it, Alex. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. And like you said, you know, that's a, it's a long day. I was joking in the chat. But honestly, yeah, if you got some PTO left or, or, or a sick day around, Tuesday may be the day to take it because uh, I know we're going to just be packed with wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, like I said, keep, you know, keep us on the laptop all day and, and put the uh, Frozen Frenzy on the television. And uh, it'll be a fun festive night of hockey for sure. It'll be a, a, absolutely a fun night of hockey, just like it was last night, which is where we'll begin the show with the uh, recap of a busy Thursday night uh, in the uh, NHL. Uh, of course, we start with um, the um, Vancouver Canucks, Tampa Bay Lightning. That was It actually ended up being a small profit for me on the night, but there were a couple of games. Two Canadian teams really kept it from being a phenomenal night uh, for me. And one of them was Vancouver. Uh, 4-3 loss to Tampa Bay. Um, their, their effort was certainly a lot better than it was against uh, Philadelphia, but you, you can't take penalties against Tampa Bay, especially the ones they took, and you cannot make the mistakes with the puck and the turnovers and the gaps and the breakdowns in coverage that Vancouver had. Uh, and it's still a Tampa Bay team that can make you pay when you do that, uh, and that's exactly what we saw. I thought Demko was very good again. Uh, you know, he made a couple of great saves on the first, right before Tampa scored on the power play, their first goal. He was phenomenal, made a couple of great saves, but uh, wasn't able to hold the fort completely at Tampa Bay with a four to three win there against Vancouver. Uh, a wild one with Calgary and Buffalo, four three. Uh, I said, you know, I'm glad I at least bet the over. I didn't love it, but I ended up betting it. As I said, I probably would. I kept it small because I had been worrying about Buffalo kind of not getting their offense going and trending to the under. Uh, early in the season, but I said, sure enough, they're they're going to find a way. One of these games are going to go over the total. It happened last night, four three Calgary uh, getting the uh, victory uh, again. And there's look, there's there's question marks and there's already some doubting going on regarding Devin Levi. And look, has it been the start he wanted? Has it been the start the Buffalo Sabers wanted for him? No, um, but it's just too soon to push the panic button and say send the kid down. And besides, if you send him down. You know, who the hell are you going to put in? UPL and uh, Eric Comrie. And, uh, you know, you got to at least give him an opportunity. You got to give him a large amount of runway, you know, at this point. You know, it would be different if you had Connor Hellebuck or if you made a trade for a veteran goalie or a Gibson or somebody, as was rumored in the offseason. But you just cannot completely just, you know, give up on this. Devin Levi, we're giving him our the number one job thing just yet. You know, give it time. And look, he's still very young. The guy's played a handful of games, started a handful of games in the NHL uh, as well. So, uh, again, we got to just temper our enthusiasm a little bit. What was good for Buffalo is Tage Thompson finally got on the scoreboard. And that's good news moving forward. Uh, obviously, a big uh, monkey off the back for him, considering the slow start. Uh, unfortunately, Flames get the uh, victory for Buffalo 4-3. There were still some positives. Buffalo played a solid game. It's just the unfortunate they ended up on the uh, losing side of it, 4-3 against uh Calgary, uh, Florida, three to one win against Toronto. That was um, disappointing for the Leafs. Uh, no finish with their offense. Bobrovsky had a really good game, but you know, at the end of the day, the little puck battles. You know, the Florida Panthers were just uh, absolutely outstanding. Uh, Paul Maurice, best, yeah, he is a great, very good head coach, Joe. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, he's all uh, certainly one of the coaches I've said this for years that I enjoy listening to the most. He's such an engaging speaker. You know, you get such great, you know, insight from him. And he's just, he's a storyteller too. Like he'll just go on and talk about a player or a situation and like a storyteller type of form, you know, for a few minutes. And you don't get that with many of the coaches in the NHL, but no, it was a solid win for Florida. I got to say this, that was the best their blue line has looked without Montour and Ekblad this season. I thought Mahura had a great game. I thought even Oliver Lawson Tossum had a great game. That's as good a game as I've seen Ekman Larson play in a long time. I, I saw this Latvian kid has looked really solid on the back end for Florida as well and played a good game last night. So there's a lot to like, you know, with that Panthers effort last night on defense. The question is going to be, can they keep it going? This is still, you know, a, def a blue line that we question their depth a little bit. Uh, but it was a nice win for them last night, shutting down that Leaf team and getting the 3-1 uh, win. Uh, how about those New York Rangers losing 4-1 at home to Nashville? I said I was worried about this spot. This is kind of one of these situations where sometimes the Rangers don't play well in these kind of spots. And Nashville has been outside of the Edmonton game where they got thumped the other night. They've been in every game. The work ethic's been there. Uh, absolutely outstanding. 
uh, Nashville last night. All areas of the ice, big bounce back start from Saros uh, in net, and they get the 4-1 win against the Rangers. And then the team that thumped Nashville the other night to begin their road trip, and you thought, hey, now they're going to end up getting going a little bit uh, here for uh, Edmonton uh, after that win against Nashville, and it couldn't have been further from the truth. Dismal effort. Four to one Philadelphia against Edmonton. Uh, this this is a head scratcher, Alex. This Edmonton performance. I mean, do, do you need to get on a roll? You finally got to win some confidence, and that was that was ugly. That was awful. That was a no show. I'm going to use that phrase, a no show from Edmonton. Nobody showed up. I know Hyman got their one goal. He was okay. No one else did. Connor McDavid had no shots on goal. If you could believe it, last night. That's almost unheard of. That's when you know it's a fucking horrendous night for the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, zero shots on goal. Goose egg uh, for the uh, Oilers in that game as far as shots on goal. Dreisaitl had a quiet game. I mean, there's nobody up front that played well. Jack Campbell, you know, gave up four goals, but he didn't have a lot of help. I don't think it's fair to put the blame on him. Um, So ugly performance there from Edmonton in that game. Uh, so actually, well, you know what? We talked about those five games, Vancouver, Buffalo, Toronto, Rangers, Edmonton. Well, Alex, what do you think? Anything from those games you want to talk about? Yeah, the Buffalo uh, situation. And it's funny, I got to vent a little bit on, on Edgework, you know, the podcast earlier, and they're talking about GMs who uh, may have shit themselves. And I said, Kevin Adams is shitty as a goat. And it's because we, what did we say from what February of last year? We said, well, this Buffalo team's going to be pretty good if they just get some upgraded goaltending. And then now Craig Anderson sitting in a rocking chair. Uh, Malcolm Subban's in somewhere in the St. Louis organization. You re-signed Eric Comrie. And for some reason, you're carrying three goalies, but you're riding your youngest goalie, who, keep in mind, only made seven starts out of playing college hockey at Northeastern. <clears throat> Excuse me, college hockey at Northeastern. Northeast is not necessarily one of these world-beater programs. And a lot of college goalies, we've seen them struggle coming right out of college going into the pros. I get it. Last year, you want to give him the time and let him be acclimated. Let him get that big light kind of phase out of his system. Well, that doesn't really quite seem to be the case because now you put him in this pressure spot of he's not even a 1A, 1B situation. Right now on that depth chart, there's just a 1 next to his name. No A, no B, no split, no time shift, none of that. And that's way too much pressure to put on this kid. You could have gone out and got Connor Hellebuck, but you didn't want to make a big deal. I get that because he wanted long-term, and you believe in Leva. Didn't go out and get uh, John Gibson, which you probably could have easily finagled and, and got a you know small two-year deal going, and then he you know bridges and, and uses that to go elsewhere and get a huge payday, or you resign him if he plays well. You also give him some rest. We've talked about that for a while, about how he's logged so many minutes. Goodness, to be a 1B for John Gibson might bring him a new lease on life. Not to mention, he's a great, formidable goalie. Also, a team of USA guy. Uh, uh, you know, all the different, uh, you know, kind of things that you'd want to have to show for a young goaltender who's going to be, you know, uh, a Team Canada hopeful, uh, a number one guy, a Vesna Trophy caliber goaltender in due time. Why not bring in that mentorship? What is he going to learn from Eric Comrie? Ian, what is he going to learn from Eric Comrie as a goaltender? Probably not too, too much, right? He'll learn how to be an NHLer. Okay, I'm sure, you know, like I said, I'm not slamming the guy as a person. I'm sure he's probably a really nice guy. But as far as watching him play every night, not much. UPL, he's already better than UPL. So what's he going to learn from him? Probably not too much either. You should have brought in somebody to develop with this kid and, and, and give him some rest. He needs rest right now. You don't need to be throwing him out three, four games in a row. That's something you should be doing in the second half of the season when he's gotten his confidence there. Now you're breaking his confidence down, and now you got to rely on your saving grace being either a young goalie who's still somewhat unproven or a veteran who's just been kind of just sitting on the bench for most of his career. Yeah, Buffalo's put themselves in a terrible spot right now, and the only way they can get out of it is probably to send Levi down, let him regain his confidence in Rochester, where the wins and losses don't mean as much, and then try to you know make the best of what you got. They got they're pretty much going to be like a Tampa Bay with uh you know. Well, the winning, essentially. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's funny because I know the local people in uh, Buffalo, have, some of them are on our side saying they should have gotten another veteran goalie and uh, maybe they should have been more aggressive for Hellebuck. Hellebuck was being talked about. Like, Sheveldayoff was listening in Winnipeg uh, on uh, Connor Hellebuck, and apparently Buffalo was not willing to give up. Now, I don't know what it was that Winnipeg was asking for, but Buffalo was not willing to give up what Winnipeg was requesting in a potential trade with uh, Connor Hellebuck. But then there's people that are on the other side of the fence that say, no, Levi's ready for this. 
Uh, he's He was a great goalie down there. Uh, he'll be fine. He, he can go forward with the young goalie next to him and say, and, but he's got the retired Craig Anderson now as a liaison to help him out. Get out of here with that. I'm not talking about someone to whisper sweet nothings in his ear, you know, yeah. from the dressing room. I'm talking about a veteran goalie that's out there in practice that's starting 40 or 50 games for the Buffalo Sabres this year. I'm talking about that kind of learning experience for Devin Levi. So this nonsense has to stop that. Oh, he's got Craig Anderson in his ear there uh, in Buffalo. I'm talking about someone on the ice. I'm talking about a veteran NHL goalie playing in the league right now to help him out, to not put all of the burden on his shoulders at this stage of his career. That's what I'm talking about. And Buffalo didn't make that happen in the off season. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, you know, when you're looking at, like I said, the difference between college goalies and, and, and junior goalies, and with a lot of the great college goalies, think back to yesteday, the Ed Belfords, the Curtis Josephs, the Mike Richters. What's something that those guys had in common? They had one full season at least in the minor leagues. And I, and I think we've gotten so out of hand now, especially with, with our forwards, right? Like, I mean, if you're a top 10, top 15 guy, like, you, you know, you're never seen the AHL unless you get hurt and it's a rehab yeah. assignment. For the most part, there's, there's exceptions like Shane Wright last year. But with goaltenders, I feel like we are we need to stop rushing goaltenders, you know, and, and I love and it's so odd because that's what Buffalo did with Uko Pekalukunen, right? They took their time with him, you know, and he's not really proven to pan out like they thought. So why I get you saying, OK, well, this didn't work out with UPL, but don't rush with Levi. That's not going to make anything better. I know he's a better goaltender, but don't press it. Give him time to let him develop. Playing professional hockey is different than college hockey. You need that minor pro development, I think, if you're going to be a upper echelon goalie. Now, if he's just going to be some, you know, backup that bounces around, plays with eight teams in the next decade, then, yeah, okay, fine. Then, you know, trial by fire now and forever. But if you really think he's going to be worth what we've all been talking about, what we've seen, you got to treat him del delicately. And that's not what Buffalo is doing right now. No, they're not. They are not. And uh, even Philly did this uh, with Hart for a little bit. And Hart hasn't been, you know, necessarily yeah. not as bad, not as extreme. But, you know, it's not like they took their time with Carter Hart either. Right. You know, yeah. they, they, they threw him in there and, you know, he was good initially. And the difference is, though, he was pretty good initially. And then he kind of had a little bit of a falling off. Although this year, I think he's looked really good. Uh, it's worth noting. And getting back to that Edmonton Philly game, I mean, Carter Hart now, that's two games in a row. He's played really well. He's had a nice season so far. Uh, for the uh, Flyers. Uh, the rest of the games, how about L.A.? 7-3 to three, uh, against uh, Minnesota. Didn't we say something about we were concerned about Fleury's start? What's Dean Evason thinking here? Like, he's got Marc-Andre Fleury in Montreal playing that game, emotional environment. Might be the last time he plays there in front of his home with all kinds of family and friends there. Apparently, they went out partying after the, the game. And, of course, it was a big Minnesota win. Nice performance from Fleury. Uh, and then you start him the very next game against L.A. back home. It's a tough spot after that kind of exhilaration. And sure enough, no, it was not all on Flurry. Didn't play great defense either, but it was not the spot where I was expecting Flurry's A game. Like, let's be real. And that's on Dean Evison. People are throwing Flurry under the bus. What a horrible night for him. No, that's on Evison. Well, he wants to play. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on Evison. He should have had the wherewithal to say, you know what? Situationally, he doesn't think like a handicapper. That's the problem. Situationally, that's a tough spot for Flurry last night coming off the Montreal game and give Gustafson the net last night. He didn't do it though. Ended up paying the price uh, LA with the big victory uh, seven, three, which was good. I liked the Kings. I thought it was a cheap price on LA uh, and they ended up uh, getting the uh, job done uh, in that one. Uh, six, two Arizona, the Coyotes and the over both cashing for me in that game. So that was another good result. A very good win for Arizona. Nice to get back home off a win now. Uh, to end this road trip. Pretty tough way to start the year. New Jersey, Rangers, Islanders, St. Louis, this little road trip of theirs uh, for Arizona. Uh, but now they're going to finally be able to get back home and open up uh, the Mullet Arena portion of their season Saturday against Anaheim. Uh, but uh, definitely a nice win for Arizona, 6-2 to two, uh, victory for the uh, Coyotes. Clayton Keller continues to play extremely well. Seems like uh, every game, Logan Cooley's getting on the score sheet with at least a point. He did it again last night. And how about Sean Dursey? I started to look at some things with his props last night before uh, all the action started and noticing that he's going up the defensive depth chart. He's playing more, way more on the power play. He's shooting the puck a lot more. And I ended up pulling the trigger on him 700 to score a goal last night, plus 700. And sure enough, he did. Uh, that's two nights in a row, a plus 700 goal prop for me. Jake Sanderson for Ottawa a couple nights ago 
uh, both of them defensemen uh, as well. Sanderson a couple nights ago and Sean Dursey uh, last night uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So uh, good results there with some of these big shots here as far as uh, plus money and player props go. Uh, 5-3 Vegas against Winnipeg. What a This team's like a machine right now. Uh, just yep. absolutely outstanding. Uh, Winnipeg, obviously, play, playoff revenge did not go very well for the most part last night. Toronto didn't beat Florida. Winnipeg didn't beat Vegas. Uh, Dallas didn't beat Vegas the other night. So that's not always going to guarantee victory when you have those situations. But uh, Vegas with a 5-3 win uh, last night, uh, they just keep on trucking along, man. They actually did get Martinez back, but still without a couple defensemen, no problem. Uh, four lines are still as good as any in the NHL. And how about Logan Thompson, man? Terrific game. Because actually Winnipeg had a lot of rubber fired at the net. I don't think it was a as great a defensive game as we've seen from Vegas this year, but Logan Thompson made sure that didn't matter. He was absolutely terrific, and he wants to play more. And that's why, you know, you've got him motivated. So this idea that with Aiden Hill out, you know, makes Vegas a little more vulnerable to getting beaten. I'm not so sure about that. Not when you have the structure. They could put friggin' Darren Pang at his age right now in the net, and Vegas would probably still be able to get some victories out of it at, at this point in time. So uh, there is no issues right now with uh, whoever's in net. It's just the structure, the system, the personnel is there, and they can win regardless of who's in net. And Thompson actually had a very good game last night for uh, Vegas. So what a start to the season for them as they keep on keeping on last night with that 5-3 win against the Jets. Dallas with the 3-2 win against the Anaheim Ducks uh, last night. Not an easy victory for Dallas. Uh, Anaheim working hard to begin the year. Very impressed with the uh, work ethic of the Ducks under Greg Cronin. They actually outplayed Dallas, outshot Dallas last night. And if not for you-know-who, uh, a guy that's looking like one of the best goalies in the NHL early in the first few games, Jake Ottinger. Uh, it could have been a different result, maybe. Uh, Anaheim's impressed me. Uh, Anaheim now, that's two games where I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to be taking some shots with Anaheim as dogs this year, uh, especially at home. I didn't last night because I knew it was Dallas off a loss, but uh, no question about it. Anaheim has been uh, a very, very feisty team, and I think their work ethic and their their attention to detail has gone up already under Cronin than anything we saw under Dallas Aikens uh, as well. And a special... Congratulations and shout out to Leo Carlson, the second overall pick, getting his first NHL goal uh, last night. And it wasn't a fluky goal either. It was a thing of beauty. Uh, finished off a two-on-one rush, a roof shot right over Ottinger, no shot, no chance for the goalie. Uh, a great, great uh, first NHL goal for Leo Carlson, who didn't look out of place uh, in his first NHL game last night with the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, very uh, start of what was should be uh, a very good career. Uh, Sometimes that sixth sense pays off, and it did last night. I said Seattle's going to break out at some point, and they did last night. Seven to four win uh, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes last night. Yeah, I call it the John Forslund Bowl. Uh, his former TV play-by-play -play home versus his current TV play-by-play -play home, and uh, it was a great win for the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, last night, seven four. And I think Cheshire Cat said it in the chat. Seven different goal scores. This is the Seattle team I was expecting the, uh, to start the year. The offense, the depth, different guys can beat you any given night. Yanni Gord, Jaden Schwartz, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Vince Dunn, Jared McCann, Ty Cartier, and Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, all scoring for Seattle last night. So uh, that's this is the Seattle team I was expecting. I don't know what that was uh, during that road trip. Uh, and it was, which was really bad for them losing to the likes of St. Louis and teams like that. Uh, but they get back home and I know they lost to Colorado the other night, but that's why I had faith to take their team total last night, Alex. I saw that Colorado game where they had yep. a bunch of chances, great looks. Georgiev was outstanding in that and Georgiev has been the real deal. We'll get to Chicago, Colorado shortly, but uh, that's a big reason why Seattle didn't score the other night. And I said, sooner or later, puck's going to go in for them. Uh, and it did last night with the seven. Uh, Chicago, Colorado, 4 nothing shutout for Colorado. That looked like a tired Chicago team, looked like a team ready to go home for their home opener. That was probably the worst game that the uh, top lines had. Bedard and company were very, very uh, unnoticeable last night. Uh, I think they were running on fumes a bit, and um, it was just a great effort by Colorado. They capitalized on their chance. I still don't think Morozik played that bad. You know, unfortunately, it was one of those situations where just too many quality looks given up and too much rubber given up by Chicago. And then Boston 3-1 over San Jose. Very frustrated we couldn't get that fourth goal.
for the Boston team total over three and a half. I did have the first period puck line, which cashed, but I was thinking two and oh after the way that game started. And for, for the team total to fall short was frustrating. Million chances to score an empty net goal, Boston. They couldn't hit any of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't love their, they didn't really put the stake in the heart of San Jose. They kind of let, let them hang around. Boston's a little disjointed right now. Even in their wins, they have not looked dominant. They have not looked impressive. They're still trying to figure things out at the center ice position after the retirement of both Bergeron and Krejci. That Boston team, you know, it's reasons for, you know, mild concern. I'm not saying panic, mild concern, even though they're actually, I think, undefeated. They haven't lost yet this year, Boston, but the the fashion in which they're winning, uh, the Boston Bruins so far this season, uh, you know, it hasn't been overly impressive. And let's be real. They face Chicago, Nashville, and San Jose, kind of like the sisters of the poor a little bit there. They haven't even played a really, really great hockey team yet, Boston. So there are some concerns there. Uh, Alex, the uh, later shift of games last night, uh, thoughts? Yeah, a lot to unpack in, in the late slate. Let's start with that that L.A. and uh, Minnesota game, right? And it's funny, you know, I didn't give it out as a play. I may have mentioned it on the on the batting preview in the in opening night, but I have 28-1 to 1 on Dean Evison as first coach fired. And I think goofy moves like this could easily be the case of uh, where he might get the door. That seat gets hotter and hotter with every, not just loss, but loss where it's something that just like is openly glaring. Like, why would you play uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in that spot after what was a, a really big emotional night that meant a lot to him in Montreal? You should have went back to Gustafs anyway because he's your number one goaltender, first off. And then secondly, because that just, you get Fleury that break, okay? And he's 38 years old. Yes, he wants to still play 70 games. In his mind, he thinks he can play 70 games just like he did 20 years ago, but he can't, okay? And it's your job as coach to let him know that, hey, you got to get back in check. Great game. Sit back on the bench. Let Phillip take care of, of what needs to be done so we can keep on winning. Instead, you chose not to. He got tired. L.A. ran you out of the building. And now you got to try and rebound against a, a Columbus team that's going to be coming in on the second of, uh, of back-to-backs. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Could be a little bit fresh. This could, you know, mount and turn into something really bad, just like we saw a year ago at this time. Those losses at home mounting up, and all of a sudden, it seemed like, oh, maybe this is a team that can win the division, and so, oh, shit, now they got to really kind of pull things together to even grab a wild card spot or that third spot in, in the Central. And with Winnipeg looking a lot better, with Arizona being a little dangerous, uh, like I said, Chicago, once they you know can play uh, actual balance of home and road games, could just be dangerous every now and then. You can't screw around in the Central Division right now, and you're blowing chances and opportunities against quality teams they start keep on losing, and all of a sudden we find a four-game, five-game losing streak. Bill Guerin might have to make a, a tough decision. So now we got that, and then we're going to Chicago and, and Colorado, two teams in the Central Division. We should have known that Chicago is possibly going to lay an egg here based off of the end of a road trip on top of playing in Colorado, in altitude. Also, their what, third or fourth home opening event. Like, I think they're going to have, and then they have their own on Saturday. So that takes a lot out of you. We talk about that situation a lot. I like to look at that in, in schedules and sometimes find that as a spot. But I didn't think that was really going to bother them too much because they played well against better teams. And Colorado, as good of a team as they are, we figure, well, okay, at home and their opener, they could lay an egg here. Laying 350, that's usually a spot where we, they tend to lose outright to some of the weaker teams in the, and certainly in the Western Conference. But Alexander Yorgiev said, no, there will be none of that. He's playing his ass off right now. Incredible shutout, made some big saves, 10 bell saves throughout the game. And uh, even if the Hawks had all the energy in the world, they probably weren't going to win that contest the way that he played. And that's why I said it. Most of those plays, but certainly that money line, I was way off of that once I heard Gurgiev confirmed. That's why we're looking for uh, Prosvetov. And that's the thing to circle now with Colorado. When Gurgiev gets the rest, which he will need in due time if he keeps playing, especially big games like that, that's the time to fade Colorado. I'm not saying it's going to be a blind fade just because he's the, the goaltender uh, in that Prosvetov, but that's definitely going to be the spots. Right now, I want nothing to do with fading Colorado with Yorgiev and especially at home. Uh, even with those big numbers, that's a spot where you just look at a total, more than likely probably going under with the way that he's playing in that, or you just stay away from it. Lastly, the Boston and San Jose, that game just really annoyed me. I got the win on the first period over, but that should have cashed in 10 minutes into the contest, not two goals late, what, yeah. 15 seconds apart at the end of the period. Like, they just slept walked through 40 minutes, really 55 minutes of that contest. There was some some spurt of energy, but 55 minutes they were sleepwalking against San Jose, okay? And, yes, I get it. You can sleepwalk and beat San Jose. We know that. We've talked about this. There's, there's HL teams that can beat San Jose right now. But the fact is 
the way that Boston season ended, you aren't Pittsburgh. You can't do the Penguins. We'll just float through October, November, probably be at 500, maybe even below 500. And then all of a sudden, new calendar, new year turns around, new me. And all of a sudden, we get back in the playoffs. You can't do that if you're Boston. You play in the Atlantic. You got Toronto. You got Tampa Bay, who, you know, they're underwater. But once Vasilevsky gets back, who knows? Florida's still hanging around. We're talking about the emergence of Buffalo, potentially. Ottawa, Detroit. Where, where do you get off thinking you can sleepwalking in the fifth game, fourth game of the season when you look at how things ended last year? Like, I, I just don't understand it. Like, it's not conserving of energy. No, you guys just play like shit. They need to do better. They won the game, but that was not a 3-1 game. And if San Jose had just a little bit more talent, they'd probably win that game uh, in an upset. So those are my takes on the late games. Yeah, that was that was a that was a very frustrating game. It's frustrating to hear Jack Edwards uh, calling uh, Conkinen a uh, Kukinen the whole night too, or Kakonen. That's what he called him. That's oh, why I had radio on. on. I had Kukonen. radio on. Someone's got to get in his ear and say, "Hey, Jack, it's it's is he Kakonen? That's how you say it. It's not Kakonen." Yeah. And he was even calling him Kukinen at some times, which is appropriate because you could say "cuckoo" uh, about the guy saying it. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that was that was yeah. definitely a, a game to yeah. sync your television up with, with the radio broadcast for uh, with Judd Sur- or, uh, uh, Judd Surratt for uh, Boston, because between Jack Edwards stammering and Randy Hans fucking game show voice. Yeah, it, that was a that was a brutal TV game for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no really good option there uh, as far as uh, that goes. No doubt about that. Um. Jimmy Murphy usually joins us on Fridays. He's going to try to join us for a bit. He's got Maddie is a wonderful little girl with him uh, today. So uh, we'll see if he's able to join us. If he will, he'll join us in just a bit. But we'll get into the Friday games now. Uh, we've got two of them uh, on this uh, slate. We'll begin in Columbus where we've got the uh, Calgary Flames and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Calgary minus 145 uh, road favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Back-to-back situation for Calgary in Buffalo last night getting that 4-3 win, and now here they are in Columbus tonight for this second of back-to-back games, first back-to-back this year for uh, the Calgary Flames. Um, pretty impressive, uh, solid win, 36-27. Look, the Calgary Flames have picked up right where they left off last year as far as high-volume uh, high sh- shot shooting, high-volume shots on goal, 36-40 and 36 as far as shots on goal uh, are concerned for the uh, Calgary Flames right now and I ended up on Devin Levi over saves you know as a result of that uh, last night and I think probably get back to the well now with the saves prop over involving the uh, Columbus uh, netminder for this uh, game tonight because that's the one thing we're seeing from this Flames team is them shooting the puck quite a bit again of course this year they're hoping for a little bit more finish and a little bit more results uh, with those shots on goal compared to last year they got the four goals last night We'll see how they fare here in Columbus. It is worth noting last year, these two teams played twice. The home team won each game. Columbus won 3-1 at home. Calgary won 4-3 uh, in Calgary last year between these two teams. Uh, the Blue Jackets uh, coming into this game off a 4-0 shutout loss against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, James Reimer uh, throwing the shutout uh, up there for Detroit against Columbus the other night. So that was definitely one of those games where uh, disappointing for Columbus to not even score one goal there uh, against a Red Wing D that I think is a little shaky. And then James Reimer, who, you know, not exactly someone I think is going to shut the door on you night in and night out. And he was able to do that uh, for the uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings against Columbus. So Columbus off a shutout loss certainly is going to be looking to get things back on track a little bit here uh, at the offensive end of the ice. Uh, it looks like tonight there's some line juggling being done by Pascal Vincent, of course, first year with the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. Looks like Fantilli, uh, Lion A and Tessier on the top line uh, here for this game tonight. Johnny Gaudreau will slide down to play with Boone Jenner and Kirill Marchenko. Tell, tells you that Vincent already has uh, a decent amount of faith and confidence here uh, in Fantilli. Fantilli's got the assist in the first game uh, of the season, but he's had two shots on goal uh, each game since then. We'll see if the uh, lineup changes uh, shake them up. Uh, for the better here offensively, and some really, really good news for uh, Columbus. We were worried about that uh, injury that uh, Zach Wierenski suffered against Philadelphia, first game of the season, and we thought maybe a long-term injury, but sure enough, he's only going to miss the first, those two games against uh, Detroit and the Rangers. He is back tonight for the uh, Jackets, so that is definitely what you want to see 
uh, going into uh, this game. He is one of the more important blue liners on this team. With all due respect, Severson's a nice pickup. Uh, Branson gives you a little physicality. And uh, Jake Bean from Carolina, finally healthy. And Ivan Provorov from Philadelphia is a defenseman. They're looking to have a bounce back year. But Wierenski is very important, especially driving the play, moving the puck out of the zone, uh, quarterback in the power play, all that stuff. Uh, having him on the ice is big. Merzlikens has been confirmed uh, in net for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. It was Vladar last night, so safe to assume it should be Jacob Markstrom here tonight for Calgary in net, although that hasn't been uh, confirmed uh, as of right now. Uh, this game's a, an interesting one here where, you know, Calgary, three of their four games have gone. I, I probably will play the over small uh, in this game, over six and a half, uh, minus uh, one uh, 25 minus 130 is what we're looking at with that right now. Um, and I still think the Jackets are a team that uh, I, the defense is still, I think, a work in progress. And we've seen it. The Jackets have given up four, three and four goals and an average of 11, uh, 11 goals in their first three games so far uh, this season they've given up. So uh, that is definitely close to, you know, in between three and a half to four goals per game, you know, that they've allowed. So, uh, I think Calgary can probably find the back of the net here. And again, we know the Flames last year at issues finishing, but it is nice to see that uh, that Buffalo game they got to four uh, and maybe a sign that they're going to start to push through a little bit uh, on the offensive end of the ice. And I also think Columbus is going to have a bounce back offensive night here. I think Calgary D a little tired on a back to back potentially, not to mention, look, Markstrom still got some proving to do uh, a guy that didn't have a great year. Uh, last year, if you look at the way he started this season for Calgary, uh, giving up, of course, uh, the uh, the three two, they gave up the lead to Washington. He gave up the five goals against uh, Pittsburgh, uh, three goals against Winnipeg. You know, he's still more than likely going to give up three goals in the majority of his starts. So the over six and a half appeals to me. Nothing on the side. I do think situationally, off a shutout loss, the 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 the, the, the team with the extra rest with a team off a win on a back-to-back. I think situationally it's a lean to Columbus for me at plus 125, but I ain't going to pull the trigger on that because I still think Calgary a little bit better team uh, than uh, Columbus. I will look at some props. First, Alex, we'll get your thoughts here. What do you think, Flames, Blue Jackets? Yeah, I'm right there with you on this over six and a half. I played it this morning at $1.20, and I figured, okay, either it's Jacob Markstrom getting the start on the second of a back-to-back, or they run Vladar again. Uh, either way, I feel confident, like you said, Columbus – uh, off the shutout loss. And, you know, I think that's more of James Reimer, you know, blind squirrel finding a nut kind of a deal than necessarily uh, him just shutting down, you know, uh, Columbus. I think this offense needs to get things rolling. And, uh, you know, I think Line and Gaudreau, those are two uh, guys I would be looking at for, for props. Gaudreau, 10 cents higher, and I'd be talking about his name uh, a little bit later in the program. But at plus 290, I will take a, a little small shot with him to get a golden night. But uh, I think Calgary more than likely finds a way to win this game. Uh, like I said, I just really impressed with how they, well they look, you know, just a complete transformation to what we saw from the majority of last year. I don't think we can really call them the sternums anymore, you know, because they're finding the back of the net and the shot quality. And remember, I said that about Sutter. I said, I wonder if this even work with the team on shooting angles. The shooting lanes and angles look much better with this Calgary team now, don't they? Than they did even at the end of last year when he just kind of said, screw it and just let the offense, you know, uh, open up a little bit more. This is just a much better, much more improved team. So uh, a slight lean, if anything, toward Calgary regulation. But uh, I'm just going to stick with the over, and I'm going to take Gaudreau to score against his old team. Yeah, uh, Gaudreau against his old team is a good angle. Uh, absolutely. This could be the night where you see him. I like goal and an assist prop, too, for uh, Gaudreau. Plus 120 uh, assist prop, probably worth a look. I do like Fantilli on the top line. I think tonight tonight could be that night for goal number one for him. We've seen Carlson get on the board. Bedard has his yeah. first goal. You know, I think it's t- it might be time for Fantilli, plus 370 at Caesars for him to get his first NHL goal. Why not? Plus 250 to get an assist. And Lion A as well. Lion A's been shooting the puck a ton. In fact, I like Lion A over two and a half shots on goal, minus 143. Uh, he has been shooting the puck quite a bit. He's averaging over five shots on goal per game this season, Patrick Lion A. So you talk about someone that's uh, uh, cocking that stick back and letting her rip. Uh, he is doing that right now for uh, Columbus and uh, and a really a cool goal, goal prop too. I think maybe for him as well. A really cool thing for Line A too. For every goal that he scores, he'll be donating some money to uh, men's mental health charities nice. uh, in that greater Columbus and Ohio area. So that's really really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Really really uh, great great idea. It's a it's a great initiative. And hey, it's uh, it's great to uh, see 
his good play, you know, and, and we consider that good play, you know, shooting the puck like that, uh, pay off and meet in terms of meaningful uh, initiatives for, you know, society like that. And a, a great cause, obviously, no question uh, about that. And then that you look at Calgary, um, uh, I've talked about the Coronado's now on the third line. So, you know, his uh, spotlight, if you will, is dissipated just a little bit. That being said, he did get an assist last night. Um, not every book has the uh, point prop for him, but if you can find a book that has it, plus 105 for him to get a point, or you could do the split, which I've started to do a lot more lately. Uh, the goal at plus 300, the assist at plus 225. Uh, and that's the same thing as betting a point prop. You can either bet a point prop or you can split it and bet the goal and the assist prop. It's basically the same thing, you know, and that's what you're doing there uh, with that. And um, I want to mention him too, one last prop, because he's got to be mentioned. He has been great since he's been moved up to this second line. Adam Rzichka, man, he has scored in back-to-back uh, -back games for the uh, Calgary Flames, Adam Rzichka, since going up to that second line. Uh, he has been really solid, three points as well for him in the last two games against Buffalo and Washington. It's one of these classic Ian Cameron player prop situations. You find someone that's been pushed up the lineup and you capitalize with his player props. And I've done that. The last two, a 650 was his goal prop in both of those games. Uh, this one, it's finally come down a bit. Plus 440 is the best you can get with Adam Rzichka uh, to score a goal tonight for Calgary. But it's worth a shot again. Like he's playing well. He scored in consecutive games playing on that second line for the uh, Calgary Flames. So that is definitely a player prop that I've also got my eye on here tonight uh, in this one. All right, second game of this uh, Friday slate, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, Devils minus 115 road favorites, six the total here in this game. Uh, the New York Islanders, look, 2-0 uh, start, winning the, way, winning the way we the New York Islanders want to win games, obviously. And that's keeping things pretty tight, you know, low scoring, let Ilya Sorokin handle the rest. Uh, they've, they've gotten off to a great start in that regard. 3-2 and one nothing victories for the Islanders against the Sabres and the Coyotes. I can't think of two scores that the New York Islanders would rather win a game by than 3-2 and one nothing. I mean, it's just your prototypical New York Islanders way to go about things and get the job done. Uh, no question about that. So, uh, I think the New York Islanders look defensively. They're they're they've shown so far this year they're pretty solid. And look, Buffalo's supposed to be a pretty good offensive team. Uh, Arizona, I think, has improved offensively this year. So it's, I can't even say they've played horrendous competition uh, offensively. Um, you know, I, I absolutely think this is a situation where the the Islanders are playing solid uh, right now at the defensive end of the ice. Now the the offense is still a work in progress. Brock Nelson often is the guy that's their best offensive player. Can we get Barzell to he got he got the goal the other night, but he's got to bring more consistency. Uh, Bo Horvat's supposed to have a bounce back year, but he's been quiet uh, so far. Uh, no points in the first two games. You know, it's still a very much you know paint by numbers team at the offensive end of the ice. The New York Islanders, that is for sure. Now on the flip side here, you've got the New Jersey Devils uh, who haven't played since Monday when they lost 4-3 against Florida and a loss that did not sit well with Lindy Ruff. You know, if you heard his comments after that game, uh, wasn't happy one bit uh, with that game against Florida. The bad start, the slow start. Uh, and look, they pushed hard in the third period to get back into that hockey game and, and make it interesting. But as he said, too many passengers uh, in that uh, contest, especially the best players, he said, weren't that great. 4-3, uh, wasn't impressed with their uh, effort defensively, which is also what, why you can probably say New Jersey's gone over uh, in two straight games. So it's a really great conundrum here as far as the total goes because you've got this uh, under machine that is the New York Islanders, and now you've got a New Jersey team coming in that's going to look to push pace, that's gone over where their defense is still trying to get things settled. So it's a tough game to call as far as the total goes, but for me it's not as tough as far as the side goes. You got to, what I still think is the better team, you know, coming off a game that didn't sit well with them uh, against Florida. They've had Monday to Friday to really stew on it, work at practice to get better, uh, come out strong with a much better performance. And look, after two home games, maybe getting on the road's good for the New Jersey Devils, although it really ain't much of a road trip uh, going from Jersey here to uh, uh, Long Island here against the uh, Islanders. But I like New Jersey in this spot here, minus 115. 
Uh, we'll look at them in this price range. And again, now they're on the road. You get a better number. You get a better price. Uh, Devils, I think, have a better effort in them. And hopefully we will see that here tonight uh, in this game. So New Jersey minus 115 for me. Nothing on the total. I do like a couple of props here. I'll mention those in a sec. Alex, what do you think here? Devils, Islanders. Yeah, do these three teams, New York, uh, Islanders, Rangers, and Devils, still take the train? I know they were doing that during the pandemic. Did they continue doing that? That would be a really cool thing because that's how all the teams traveled way back in the day. So I think that would be a a fun tradition to keep going. But, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting battle. Like you said, New Jersey wants to play way more up-tempo, and the Islanders, they're definitely – what's that old uh, meme of Frank Beamer when it's Virginia Tech and Wake Forest going in overtime tied 0-0? That's pretty much how the Islanders are. They're the hockey equivalent of of Virginia Tech in in that aspect. Low and slow, and uh, they only want the goals being on their end, uh, essentially. So here we are now with the spot where it's great for a live betting. I'm, I love this first period over, and it's funny. I think that could actually lend to where we see a lot of pace early and then things slowing down. So what I'm looking for here is a live first period over. Now, you can lay up 125 right now, but I think we can wait and get plus money because these are two teams that they're not going to jump off and score a goal in 30 seconds, more than likely. Uh, so we can wait a couple minutes, grab plus money. And if we cash that, then I would be looking at one of those big over, uh, big unders rather at around seven and a half. I'd lay 130 or even 140 with an under seven and a half in game. Uh, if it's one, one and it's scoreless five minutes into the second period. And, and now we've, you know, already made some profit and then we're securing a much better number that we would never be able to get with a, with the Islanders and under seven or seven and a half. And uh, in a pretty comfortable spot. So that this is a great live game, and that's the way I'm going to approach it. But I also do lean with New Jersey. I'm seeing a dollar ten, and I'm more than likely will end up grabbing that and putting it on my card. I think, like I said, the better team, you got to back them. And the Isles, you know, you wonder how long can they run with Sorokin just being a brick wall and not with offense? Like that's yeah. going to get stale sooner than later, right? So you know, it could be tonight. Uh, where he has an off game. And, you know, with these top-tier goalies, I think we all learned last night from uh, the other night with Shesterkin Star that these top five, top ten goalies, they all can lay eggs, right? We can't just rely on them just being, you know, a, a stonewall every single night. And, and and there's some teams that just have good offenses. I think New Jersey's one of those teams, and they'll be able to find a way to solve Sorokin. So Devils minus $1.10, I'll have that as well. Uh, but looking for a bit of a live strategy with the over and the totals. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely. And uh, New Jersey, we'll see if they can uh, bounce back one and two. It's not like they've had a brutal start. They had the uh, loss to Arizona uh, to begin the uh, season, of course, uh, against the uh, Coyotes. They beat Detroit, actually, their first game 4-3. They lost in a shootout to Zona 4-3. I mean, all their games have been 4-3. Uh, they beat uh, one goal games. So, yeah, I just like the situation that they're off Monday to Friday. Lindy Ruff's kind of read them the riot act. Uh, I might actually split this up too. I like New Jersey full game money line, but maybe that first period, you know, might be worth a look too, because you would think that the start is going to be emphasized by Lindy and the Devils after the Florida game because they had a brutal start. The first period was a train wreck for Florida for New Jersey against Florida on Monday. So that first period, I probably split between the first period and the full game. First period money line is minus one hundred six uh, right now uh, at Pinnacle. So. Probably will end up doing that. As far as props go uh, in this game, uh, I wouldn't load up on props because I actually think this could be a little bit cagier of a game. I hope Alex cashes his first period over, but I do think this game full game could stay under. That being said, the two games, the last two games last year between these two teams did go over, but I think New Jersey is going to try to emphasize playing better in their own end. And we know the Islanders, that's always their main uh, focus and but you look at the props here. Uh, Dougie Hamilton over shots on goal is probably a good look. He's shooting the puck quite a bit. Uh, the point prop minus one fifteen, minus one ten. Uh, he's been chipping in, you know, points from the uh, blue line. Here's one to maybe consider for the Devils. Luke Hughes, the brother of Jack Hughes, he is going to be on the top power play unit tonight for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, they're going to see what he can do there from that spot. Uh, goal plus eight twenty five. Power play point plus 405. So you get some really good value there. Someone that's going to be quarterbacking the PP1 for the New Jersey Devils tonight, uh, I believe, for the first time as well. So uh, Luke Hughes, uh, a guy that they have a lot of high hopes for uh, on that blue line. Uh, Definitely something to uh, keep in mind. Uh, The Islanders, look, it would probably be Nelson and Barzell. Nelson and Barzell. Barzell at least finally got on the scoreboard against Buffalo. Uh, the uh, or against Arizona, I should say, the other night. 
Brock Nelson's always pretty consistent, you know, plus 226 on Nelson to score. Like Nelson's been always someone that seems to be the one guy we can count on for any sort of offense on this team. I can't count on Bo Horvat until I see something, you know, because it's been a uh, very tepid start for him uh, for the Islanders through these first couple of games. But Barzell did get on the scoreboard last game uh, for the Islanders. He's got to be big for them. Like if they're going to be any sort of, we don't expect the Islanders to be a phenomenal offensive team and a high scoring team, but if they're going to at the very least be middle of the pack league average offensive team, Matthew Barzell's got to have a good season. He does. He's got to be a catalyst for them. He's got to make an impact. So it was nice to see him score against Arizona the other night. Uh, and he is someone that's going to have to have that kind of season for the uh, New York Islanders. If they're going to be yeah. a, at least a decent offensive team and of course, make the playoffs uh, as well. One more note too. And you mentioned about like said, you know, this is a, a fairly, you know, two tight teams, but keep in mind in the last uh, seven meetings, three, three, and one for totals, but four and two to the first period over in the last six. So we've seen that theory. That's why I'm using that live widget there. We've seen the early starts, but in a few of those games, that offense kind of taper off a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll end up uh, seeing yeah, Meyer's been quiet. Meyer's a lot of people like Meyer, but I, I want to see. And look, the, the one thing that might get me to back Meyer here is because I think Meyer got a little criticism too after the last game from his coach. So maybe that's the little kick in the pants that he, and he got benched is what it's not criticism. He was actually benched in the third period of that game uh, against Florida staple to the bench team O'Meyer, which means that, that tells you how disappointed Lindy Ruff was with not only the team, but Timo in particular. So we do still think of him as a great player. He hasn't had a great start. It's not like he signed the big deal with New Jersey, and now he's kind of sloughed off a little bit here in the early going. But that was maybe a little, you know, bringing him back down to earth a little bit from uh, putting him on the bench there for much of that third period. So because of that, the motivational factor, you know, Meyer plus 230 to get a goal, plus 265 to get an assist. I mean, certainly you would think there's a response coming from Meyer. And, yeah, it took bad penalties, Pearl of Wisdom. Yep. That's what did it. You know, those bad penalties where you're hooking and you're holding and you're not using your feet. You're not, you know, skating to, to get body position. You're not working through your checks. You're not uh, getting the winning those one on one battles. And when you do that, you're going to take penalties. And he did that uh, in the game against Florida Monday night. So you would expect a response from a player of his caliber. So for that reason, I understand the looks for Meyer props tonight that you would think, no, uh, benched in the end of that Florida game. You got to come back tonight and show what kind of player you really are. Because we know you're a good player. We saw it in San Jose all those years. Uh, and we'll see if Timo Meyer gets his game back on track here tonight. Certainly should be motivated to do so. All right, great stuff. Thanks to everyone in the chat. As always, 200 live viewers. Hit the like button. We appreciate it. Make sure you sign up. $9.99 a month U.S. for the Ice Guys family plan. YouTube channel membership. Uh, we've got uh, tons of stuff there. The daily betting card. All the player props posted for members on the, uh, the community tab for the uh, Ice Guys YouTube channel as uh, a family plan member. We're going to have videos and content and bonus shows and betcasts throughout the season. But we're also going to, of course, our Monday show where we're going to do Q&A. The questions will be from people that are subscribed as a family plan member. Uh, that's where we'll be taking the questions from. So uh, make sure you get on board the Ice Guys family plan. Again, we got so much great stuff planned there this yep. season. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. This is the weekend to sign up for the family plan if you have not done so already. Like I said, uh, this evening when I put up the live plays that will be in the community tab, I will also have uh, the prompts for the question and answer segment uh, where if you're a family plan member, you can leave your questions there. And like I said, we will answer those on Monday show, but also for Tuesday, Tuesday evening if, for that big bet cast. If you want to get on those our family plan members will get priority in line. Uh, to be on the live betcast, so it, it's, it's imperative. Definitely sign up. Nine ninety nine a month. I mean, the live plays alone have, have pretty much kind of paid over for this thing uh, a few times if you've already signed up uh, early. So uh, we want to continue bringing you more winners, more content, uh, more of everything you guys want from us. So uh, definitely sign up today. Absolutely. All right. Hey, it was a dry night for our bargain bin special of the night last night, uh, three bargain bin special of the night uh, recommendations. Cause we had our guest Jordan Henry, Henry with us. Although shout out to Jordan Henry for that Calgary Buffalo. His best bet was first period over. And he actually also call. recommended both teams to score in the yeah. first period uh, as well. Did a great job. So great debut for Jordan on the show. Uh, but we all swung and missed with the, um, 
bargain bin special of the night play. Uh, but then again, we're still up a, a nice, comfortable, what, 30, 31 units, even after last night with the three losses. So uh, a terrific, terrific start with these. Uh, my bargain bin special, it's coming from the Calgary-Columbus game, and I was torn between Adam Fantilli at plus three. Uh, it's a great price, plus 370 uh, at Caesars to get his first NHL goal tonight. He's on the top line. I was tempted to go with that, but let's, and I, I'm going to bet that. I want to make that clear. I am going to bet that Adam Fantilli plus 370, but that is not going to be my bargain bin special of the night pick because I want to go with the proven commodity. I want to go with someone that has gotten it done the last couple games. And we're going to go to the Calgary side and we're going to go to Adam Rzichka plus 440 at Caesars. Goals in back-to-back -back games. He's found a comfort zone playing on the second line uh, for the Calgary Flames. He's also now on the top power play unit. And I love that Ryan Huska is doing this. He has given this guy opportunity because he's earned it. He's given him the ice time because he's earned it. He's on the second line because he's earned it. He's on the number one power play unit. Why? Because he's earned it. And, and that is the kind of quality coaching you like to see. You give players that are showing you something really good the opportunity. And he, uh, Huska's doing that. And Adam Rzichka's taking advantage of that opportunity, playing with Kadri and Dylan Dubé uh, on that second line. So that is, to me, uh, the clear choice uh, for the bargain bin special of the night. I have cashed with Rzichka each of the last two nights. A little bit better price in those games than tonight, but we're riding the hot hand. He's on the second line, the number one power play unit. He's scored in back-to-back -back games for Calgary. Adam Rzichka, plus 440 for my bargain bin special of the night. Alex, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to pass on tonight. I'm going to tail your play and uh, load up for tomorrow. But uh, that's that's a good look, and I like that. And I love that the you know identifying that he's on the power play as well. I was trying to see if there was anybody who had power play points available for him. Couldn't find that, but uh, definitely be telling you on, on his goal tonight for sure. All right, there we go. And yeah, we had almost had one with Matthew Nyes last night. He had a great opportunity and just couldn't capitalize there. Uh, absolutely uh, tough. He's snake bit a little bit right now. Uh, Nick Earl, uh, Earl Sports Bets. I knew it would be an Islander if he threw a bargain bin play uh, in the uh, chat, and he did with uh, Ryan uh, Pollock there. Uh, anytime goal scorer there, plus uh, 800. Uh, so Ryan Pollock there for the uh, Islanders plus 800 is a good price. I will say that if it cashes, that's a, that, that you, you'll, you'll, you'll feel that in your bankroll. That's for sure. All right. Best bets to wrap it up for this Friday edition of the ice guys show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Somebody asked about college football. I said, take the over with uh, UNLV on tomorrow, but let's go with uh hockey. This is a hockey show. And we're going to go with the over in Calgary and Columbus over six and a half minus a dollar 20 flames. Finally playing with some energy and some spark and some offensive creativity. Uh, things they needed and things they were not going to get with Sutter coaching that team. And now they're playing against a Columbus team. We know they have offensive talent. They need to get things rolling a bit. Uh, got stonewalled by James Reimer in that last game. I'm sure they're going to be fired up and frenzied. So let's go over the total with the Flames and Blue Jackets. It's my Friday best bet. All right, there you go. Calgary, Columbus uh, over six and a half minus 125. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet, uh, it was going to either be that or the New Jersey game. Uh, I'll give you the New Jersey game. Uh, they're pretty much equal strength for me. And I actually am splitting this one up between the first period and the full game, but I'll go full game with it. Uh, New Jersey Devils, minus 110 uh, at BetMGM. Uh, best price out there right now. Uh, great spot. You got an angry team, frustrated team. Uh, coming to play here tonight, probably after a bad game against Florida. Uh, and I still think they're better than the Islanders. They'll have a chance to prove it tonight. Devils minus 110 against the Islanders for my uh, best bet for this Friday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. And a reminder, we got a huge show tomorrow. It'll be two hours, guaranteed, noon Eastern, the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, make sure you join us for that. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, uh, Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday this week, noon Eastern but normally 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then, of course, Wednesday to Friday next week will be 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday noon Eastern. 
And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for a loaded Saturday NHL slate on the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. See you tomorrow. (laughs) 